Going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here they come. Mahomes, fighting for the end zone, wide open, turn, touchdown! Mahomes, crosser, Kelsey, 30-yard line, Kelsey out of bounds at the San Francisco 10-yard line! Mahomes keeps it at the 40, slides to a stop at the 42-yard line. Mahomes is going to run at 30-yard line, 25-20, and down to the 13-yard line! Play action fake, right side draw, touchdown! I'm going to celebrate tonight, I'm going to celebrate at the parade, and then I'm going to do whatever I can to be back in this game next year, trying to go for that three-peat. And that's exactly what they did. Go back to back. Now an opportunity to three feet. They're already looking ahead, but we're going to actually look back at the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. As we welcome you here to NFL Live, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes ready to go. That was a really cool way to walk out. It's very Vegas of them. All right, second quarter, 49ers driving up three to nothing. Second and 10 from the Chiefs, 21. And Brock Purdy to Jawan Jennings. Jennings with a double pass cross field to Christian McCaffrey. Just a sick play design. They were trying to hit George Kittle down the field. Kansas City ready for it. And then the screen is the check down great blocking downfield by San Francisco. The Niners dominated the first half. Third quarter, Chiefs drilling 10-6, and Tommy Townsend punts it deep. It's off the foot of Daryl Luter. The Chiefs recover with great field position. This is when things started to shift a little bit more in their direction. Let's go to Chiefs ball, first and 10. Mahomes finding Marquez Valdez, Scantling for the touchdown. Yeah, great design. They do a switch release verticals. Valdez, Scantling goes outside, inside, and then the beautiful touch throw over the top. 49 trailing second and nine here in the fourth quarter Purdy to Jennings he's fighting his way in for a TD he became their guy really in the late third quarter early fourth quarter little one-step slant perfect throw so Niners lead 16 to 13 but it's gonna stay that way and that's a really important moment that blocked extra punt the game 16 to 13 still a three-point game next Chiefs drive third and goal Mahomes trying to escape the pressure and taken down right there by Javon Hargrave really good job of plastering by that San Francisco secondary in the and the rush gets home to Mahomes. They kick the field goal tied at 16. Niners driving. A pretty looking to throw, but the pass is tipped. Something we talked about a lot here on NFL Live. Mahomes with the ball. Now 16 seconds left. And, of course, able to find Travis Kelsey for 22 yards. Taylor Swift and fans loving it. Butker, he can tie the game, and certainly he does. So now we're going to overtime in the Super Bowl. This is just what we all wanted, right? The 49ers win the toss. This is huge. They take the ball. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. And here's Purdy finding Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk making a huge catch. Yeah, a little example of the difference between him and maybe a player like Jimmy Garoppolo. That second reaction creativity, fantastic job by Juszczyk making himself available. 49ers trying to make something happen in overtime. They got the ball first, but that would not be the case there. They end up having to go with a field goal and the 22-19 to 19 lead. So it's going to be the Chiefs' turn now. And Mahomes keeping it there. He does anything he has to to make it happen, putting the Superman cape on here in overtime. And 51 seconds left. Mahomes to Kelsey for the first down. Really good job by Travis. A little screen pass. He catches it high and hot. And then the play that they won the Super Bowl with last year to Miko Hartman for the game winner. The Chiefs win, and here's Mahomes. Man, I'm so proud of the team, so proud of the guys, and to battle to the very end. I mean, that's a, that was a microcosm of our season. I said it, um, and the, everybody came together, and we were able to get the win. Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. But I, uh, I'm back-to-back is um, rare air for this football team and this organization. Being on a mountaintop with my brother is something special that I'll remember for the rest of my life, and it's, uh, it brings me to tears even thinking about that moment. Man, I'm on such a high, bro. I mean, you just think back to the journey that we went through this year as a team. There was a point in the season where everybody left us for dead. Like we were on our own, and we never felt, we never failed, we never faltered, and we just were able to keep battling, man. I'm gonna celebrate 
with my guys because of how we've done this. Um, but then we're going to work our way to get back to this game next year. All right, so the Chiefs scored on each of their final four possessions Sunday thanks to Patrick Mahomes making some adjustments. Mahomes got rid of the ball much quicker in the final four drives, which led to less pressure despite the 49ers more than quadrupling their blitz rate from the first nine wow. drives. You knew those adjustments would happen, and I think that was huge. We're going to talk about this game in so many different angles as we welcome you to NFL Live here. The, the crew is back from Vegas. Dan Orlovsky is here, Marcus Spears, Mina Kimes. Adam Schefter joins us in a little bit with some news, and we are glad to be with with you today to talk about this great game. Amina, let's start with you. How was Mahomes able to turn this offense around in the second half? I think the final couple drives were really a microcosm of what the Chiefs offense did this season in terms of him getting the ball out quick when he had to and then in key moments using his legs. He had the most scrambles this year that he's ever had in his entire career and they don't win this football game unless he uses his feet in high leverage moments. He had eight carries, all were against nickel, all perfectly timed decisions. You had the triple option you saw there earlier. He keeps it when the defense overcommits to the run. And then the scramble in overtime. What struck out to me watching him was just the utter lack of hesitation mm -hmm. as the pass rush collapsed upon him. And that's really been the case with Patrick Mahomes, right? His entire career when it comes to running, it's that situational awareness. Look, we live in a moment where there's some of the greatest dual-threat quarterbacks ever, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. But I would argue, on a down-to-down -down basis, Patrick Mahomes is as impactful a scrambler as any quarterback in the NFL, and it's why they won the football game. Hmm. Oh, what a beautiful time. Pat legs in the playoffs and big games, MK. <laughs> you are absolutely right. There was one. Always. There was one run, because we talk about Patrick Mahomes and his talent. But there was one run that I thought solidified yep. and kind of started this team going. And it was that third down run when he had to mm. go get four, right? And you run through two tackles. Now, this is against everything we tell quarterbacks, but Pat understands the moment. He understands what this is going to do to galvanize his team as well. Before that fourth and run play, on that one we showed when he picked up the first down, you know what I did, y'all, when, when I was watching the game? I looked straight at the sideline. And you would have thought the Kansas City Chiefs had already won the mm, game yeah. when Patrick Mahomes ran through mm. two defenders to go get a first down. So more so than his talent, which we obviously know, it's the mental fortitude. It's the ability to galvanize everybody around you and that confidence in them that you're going to win the game because I'm your quarterback. You know, big fella, that third and four run real quickly, it leads to three points. The one that you point out when he drops your shoulders, yes, they end up getting a field goal. And obviously, that's huge in that game. I think outside of the legs, what they did schematically when it came to some of their motion, either to or with Kelsey, and watch how San Francisco defensively struggled with it. So third quarter, they motioned Travis over, and they're really just trying to gain leverage off the linebacker. But pay attention to Ward up top, okay? Because he's going to have vision playing what we call that palms coverage. And he's going to end up having the out route by Travis Kelsey, but getting in on the action. Right after the punt, we're going to go to a very similar look, okay? You're going to get Kelsey on that in-and-out sugar motion. Ward is up top once again. He's going to come off the line of scrimmage the same way. The corner's going to go back. The safety's going to stay to the bottom of the screen. As the back Pacheco widens, the corner stays out there, kind of anticipating that out route by Kelsey, and there's that switch release vertical by MVS. These two are huge, okay? You motion watch to watch San Francisco defensively. Look at they are switching sides completely from one to the other. Burks gets hung left backside. That's a check down to 
Noah Gray that goes for 13 and one of my favorite third down to Travis Kelsey down three in the fourth quarter look at again look at all the communication by San Francisco they're running Logan Ryan Burks the safety drops back down what are they going to do push Watson vertical Kelsey comes underneath look at Logan Ryan he's completely lost because of all that and I thought all that motion use and, and not only just the motion motion but like like the way they were using it and putting you know, in many ways, Logan Ryan and Burks in conflict and forcing them to switch sides of the field, it got them three or four easy first downs. It stinks that Dre Greenlaw was out, too. That was one of the reasons Huge. why Burks was in that position. By the way, Mahomes loved the motion. He had an 89 QBR on plays that featured motion compared to a 29 QBR on plays without motion. Why not do motion? It's the, the best thing in the world. All right, let's get to some top stories off this game. Adam Schefter joining us now. And Adam Mahomes wins his third Super Bowl. Now turns into an offseason where his contract could be back in the news. What do we need to know there? Well, right now, Laura, he's scheduled to carry a cap figure of $58.6 million for the upcoming season. And if the Chiefs are looking to get cap space, added cap space, the first place they're going to do it now and in years to come will be with their quarterback who's got the cap figure, who will have the ability to redo that contract, who we know is going to be in Kansas City, and that's the luxury of having a franchise quarterback. You always can go to him to redo his deal. We also know that he's going to have Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey to work with next year as well. Both men vowed that they would be back for the 2024 season despite any speculation that has surrounded either of them about their futures and the potential to retire. Reed says he's not ready to retire. Kelsey said he'll be back, so we'll take them at their word, and they'll be back in 2024. The question is whether these particular players will be. There you see some of the key free agents that the Chiefs have this offseason with Jarius Need, Chris Jones stand out of that list, as do Willie Gay and some of the offensive linemen like Donovan Smith. So there are some key free agents that they want to bring back, and that's where Mahomes' contract comes into play. And then if we look at who they might open the season with in 2024, because they're going to have the home opener, there are their upcoming opponents. Of course, the league could schedule any division matchup in the AFC West. Those would be attractive. Maybe Jim Harbaugh's first game, but maybe the league can turn to the Houston Texans mm. or Baltimore Ravens or Cincinnati Bengals. Any of those opponents make sense in week one. The league has a whole bevy of options to turn to for the kickoff classic in September. Whoever it is will be intriguing and I'm sure it'll be a great matchup as we begin to see what the script holds in store for the 2024 season. <laughs> see what you did there. Uh, by the way, I don't know about you people at home, but I can't wait for next year already. I'm, I'm very sad that that's the last NFL football we're seeing for a while. Programming note tonight, Patrick Mahomes joins the 6 p.m. Sports Center live from Disneyland. Don't miss it right here on ESPN. And we're just getting started on NFL Live. The 49ers made a confusing decision in overtime that they elected to take the ball after winning the coin toss. But Marcus will tell you why he believes there was a more concerning chain of events that led to their downfall. Plus, Kansas City's defense stepped up when it mattered the most in the Super Bowl and the victory. Mina will explain what impressed her the most about Steve Spagnuolo's game plan. NFL Live after the Super Bowl comes your way next. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks... Imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The NBA created the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. Abdul-Jabbar has long been committed to using his influence to engage on social issues to promote equality and fight discrimination. And in 2016, Kareem was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. Our next NBA Wednesday doubleheader starts in Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers hosting DeMar DeRozan and the Bills. The Bulls, excuse me. I got football on the brain. It's 7.30 Eastern. Then Steph and the Warriors host Kawhi and the Clippers. Coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the app. Hey, it's good to be Travis Kelsey, isn't it? As we welcome you back to NFL Live. Uh, shout out to Taylor Swift for being a generational talent in her own right, wanting to be there supporting someone she cares a lot about. This is fun to see those two together and just the pure joy of the celebration. I think it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it's great. Hate is going to hate, but you know what? They're a loving life, and they should. Let's read and react to some Super Bowl performances. Let's start with Travis Kelsey, who was visibly frustrated in the first half after catching just one pass for one yard. He got up in Andy Reid's face, but then he came out on fire in the second half, catching eight of his nine targets for 92 yards and five first downs, including two critical catches to move the sticks on third down in the fourth quarter. Kelsey was pumped after the game. Never doubt my mind, baby. Never doubt my mind. Um, we knew when they uh, when they had to kick a field goal that um, it was on us. We got the best quarterback in the league. We got the best offensive mind in the league, and we got uh, the most determination out of any team in the NFL. And you saw all of that today, man. Find a, find a way through adversity yet again for four quarters, five quarters. Man, I uh, I couldn't be more proud of the guys. Marcus, what changed in the second half for Kelsey? Oh, it was time to go. Dan pointed out the motion, but they also got him matched up in some man-to-man situations and ran away from defenders. You saw him on the crosser against Fred Werner for the big play late in the game, as you see here on the underneath. He was phenomenal, but this is the formula. This was the formula early in games when we watched Buffalo and Baltimore. It just happened to happen later, but it happened at the clutch time. It happened at the moment when you knew 15 and 87 had to make plays, and they were able to do it. Brock Purdy is the fifth quarterback to be blitzed and be pressured on at least 40% of his dropbacks 
in Super Bowl history, the first since Jared Goff in Super Bowl 53. Those five quarterbacks, a combined 0-5 in the Super Bowl, it's hard to do. <laughs> Dan's laughing at my voice. Here's Purdy after the game. <laughs> I mean, a lot of guys are quiet, I and mean, a lot of guys are still quiet right now. Um, not a lot has been said. Um, it just hurts, you know. We have the team obviously to do it to win the whole thing and come up short like that. You know, the way things have been the last couple of years here, um, everyone wanted it so bad. So um, I think we're still trying to sort of gather, you know, our, our thoughts and, and everything right now. But everyone in that locker room loves each other. I tell you that. Ah, oh, you feel for Purdy. All right, Dan, how did the Chiefs keep him in check? Everybody, you know their defense coordinator Spags in his plan, but Chris Jones took away three, three touchdowns. They're going with the bootleg here. Watch Chris Jones put his right foot in the ground. Marcus knows this and recoil. If not, use checks or Kittle are going to be huge chunks, if not touchdowns. Forces that little run and check down. Okay, now you're going to get this play action fake Debo down the right side. Everyone's going to go Debo's wide open for a touchdown. How's he miss him? Because he's getting hit by Chris Jones and the right hand is right on the throwing shoulder and then the third and four in overtime. Pay attention to Chris Jones. The guard steps down paying attention to the linebacker and it's a great job by Chris of not jumping and just again pressuring that throw away. Brock was fantastic. You have to credit Chris Jones for really winning those three mm. plays and taking away touchdowns from San Francisco. You know, Christian McCaffrey also fantastic. He delivered in Super Bowl 58, recording 160 scrimmage yards on 30 touches. The issue was the other key 49ers offensive players couldn't get it going. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle combined for just 11 touches and 94 scrimmage yards. Mina, let's talk Debo. How did Kansas City take him out of the game last night? Yeah, the, last week we talked about how Debo was the Niners' main target and 21 personnel. That was the case again last night, but Brock Curdy went one for six targeting him in part because the Chiefs were all over uh, the pass game to Debo. A couple of those incompletions were due to pressures, but half of them, they had a beat on the in-breaking routes. Uh, you either had the linebackers dropping back in coverage or the cornerbacks just mugging him up. Super tight coverage. They knew that Brock was going to Debo. They defended him well, and that's how you get that result. Yeah, the Chiefs allowed just 6.6 .6 yards per attempt to wide receivers this season. Second best in the NFL behind only the Ravens. Still to come here on NFL Live, Kyle Shanahan's choice to receive the ball in overtime has been highly scrutinized. But was it the reason the 49ers lost? Well, our analysts will break down the decision and the fallout next. You don't want to miss this. It's coming your way on NFL Live right here on ESPN. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.
It is tails. You want the ball? Hand off to McCaffrey, gets stacked up and thrown back. McCaffrey comes in motion. They fake the jet to him. Purdy throws it hot and overthrows his receiver incomplete. You got to put up touch shots off field goals. He will run for a first down and more. All the way inside the 15-yard line. Play action fake. Right side throw, touchdown! Another heartbreaking loss for Kyle Shanahan. A huge decision that you see there in overtime when the 49ers decided to take the ball first. With the new overtime rules, a lot of people thought that was the wrong move. We'll get into that in a moment, but first, let's take a listen to both teams talking about strategy there. None of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. I didn't even know about the new overtime, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. Um, yeah, I didn't even really even know what was going on in terms of that. I, they put it on this the scoreboard and everyone was like oh even if you score they get a chance still so you know what I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win but I guess that's not the case no we haven't talked about it no hmm uh, Mina what should we make of all this um Okay, well, first I'll start with what Kyle said um, in terms of his thinking there. talked about the analytics that San Francisco, why, how they arrived at that conclusion. Um, you know, when the rule was changed, I had some conversations with folks around the leagues on different teams, got a variety of different opinions. Uh, Seth Walter, who covers analytics for us, uh, also surveyed analytics departments on teams around the league and found a pretty even split. I felt at the beginning of the game, and I put this on the internet, so I have the record's out there. I'm not Monday morning quarterbacking. Hmm. I would have taken the ball second so that you don't give Patrick Mahomes all four downs because hmm. he has the information of knowing, you know, whether or not they need to drive the field. I also think, however, um, believing that if it's a tie, you want the advantage in sudden death, it's not crazy. It's why I think so many teams were split on this. What's far less defensible, in my view, is the fact that the none of the Niners players were aware of the rule change. Yeah. I mean, you're going to the Super Bowl. You got two weeks to talk about this. I, I was actually shocked to hear those players say that, especially in contrast with uh, a number of the Chiefs players who uh, described how they were familiarized with the rules and prepared for it. So that, to me, was actually more embarrassing with, than the decision, which I do think was defensible, even if it's not what I would have done. Yeah, I mean, not only two weeks, you have six months to go over these situations as a football yeah. team in team <laughs> meeting. So I was shocked. I think it's crazy. I, I, I felt that in the moment. I think it's crazy for two reasons. Number one, Mina pointed out, you don't give the quarterback and the football team on the opposite sideline four downs. It changes every single play call, not only that you make, but what the other team could potentially make. If, if San Francisco had the ball second, maybe they run the ball in that third and yeah. four instead of throwing the football. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe Brock Purdy doesn't try to just throw the ball to a safe spot and drills it to the receiver because he has to. And the other reason is in the analytics, I feel the same way that I did about the Dan Campbell field goes in overtime. It's more than numbers. Who are we and who are we playing? And how are we playing? Mahomes had just gone down the field in regulation in their two-minute drill. Mark, they didn't stop them. They ran out of time. Hmm. Okay? And the fact that you are going against a defense that is playing lights-out football. So I think because of who you're playing has to be the 
kind mm -hmm. of the swing of knowing, okay, he's hot right now and he's the best in the league. Yeah, guys, I hate to even ask this question because I think it's very well noted that we're all big fans of Kyle Shanahan's scheme, his play calling, all of that. But Marcus, this is now the third Super Bowl where Shanahan's teams have blown double-digit leads. Yeah. What did you make of his game plan? Yeah, during that second half, I tweeted out that this is, it's almost like he was playing to just be, it was very vanilla, and he was hoping that his defense was mm. going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. The aggressive nature of play calling was my issue in the second half. And every, when I tweeted it out, everybody was like, well, he ain't running the ball, so what do you mean run the clock? Kyle Shanahan, to me, felt like he was playing with, with, with caution. He felt like it, it felt like it wasn't the Super Bowl. It was a game that they needed to win to advance further. Man, open up the open up the bar, man. Pour every th drink you got in there to try to get points on the board. Because as much as we talk about the overtime decision, you called that you made that call because you wanted to be aggressive. Your play calling was not like that, in my opinion. In the second half, we saw a throwback for a touchdown in the first half. We saw getting Brock Purdy on the move. We saw a bunch of bootlegs. We're getting him in space. In the second half, a lot of that went the, went away, and I was scratching my head as to why he was being so vanilla offensively. You know, I, I didn't have an issue with his play calling. I, I think there was some lack of preparation for the blitz, but you can really attribute a lot of those unblocked pressures to different players. Sometimes it was the offensive line. Sometimes it was the skill players whatnot. Uh, I did have issue with some of the issues or some of the decisions from a game management perspective, and I, I'm like a broken record. You guys have heard me complain about this at various times, not even this season, or but over the course of Kyle Shanahan, who I admire so much as a play caller, his tenure in San Francisco. At the end of the first half, when the Chiefs were driving, I did not understand why he wouldn't call a timeout to get an extra possession. You had a kicker who we saw drill a 57-yard field goal. Mm -hmm. And this is just something I, I wasn't surprised because I've seen him do it a million times, a lack of aggression from a game manager perspective. But I, I was disappointed nonetheless. And then when we look back at this game and see how close the margins were, a decision like yeah. that does loom large to me as a crucial error. We talked about it on the broadcast at the end of the first half, Mina, and Brock Purdy was hot. That, that's when they were starting to hit crossers, so I agree with that. Yeah. I don't, Marcus, here's my thing, though. The fourth down that he goes for yeah. in the red zone and they completed the Kittle, yeah. That one surprised me. I thought he was just going to take the points and tie the football game. So, but Dan, Dan, I don't, go ahead. Dan, to, to your point, hold on one, one second. To your point, I 100% agree. And that was a, a, a aggressive call. I'm talking about the nature in which you call play. Where is Kittle isolated one-on-one? Where is getting him against somebody and trying to create a mismatch or an advantage? Where is the Brandon IU double move when you need to get a chunk play down the field? Where is the reverse to Debo Samuel? Where is the Christian McCaffrey screen on the edge? Those are the things I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what, to your point, the fourth down was aggressive. I just didn't get enough of, of yeah. feeling like the three-pointer needed to be made. Yeah, you know, I, I do think one of the most shocking things to me was how little of an impact Debo Samuel had. We felt like that'd be a big key in this game. Exactly. Let's get Adam Schefter back in here for some top stories. And Adam, brutal moment last night with Dre Greenlaw. What do we know about his injury? Well, Lord, the moment you saw him go down with that Achilles injury and be ruled out, you knew that it was going to be a ruptured Achilles, and that's exactly what it turned out to be. Kyle Shanahan said after the game that he went down in this particular play, Charging onto the field, just a devastating blow to Dre Greenlaw, to the Niners defense, to everybody involved.
didn't come back and now faces months of rehabilitation to try to get back for the 2024 season in which the Niners will have a number of key free agents. There are some of the names and the players that they'll be hoping to re-sign. Javon Kinlaw stands out of that group. Uh, Randy Gregory, Chase Young, a lot of players up front that they're going to have to make decisions on and they're not going to be able to keep everybody, unfortunately for them, as much as they would like. And of course, we started this season with O's the Mentalist in Florham Park, New Jersey with the Jets when his first guest, one of his first guests, turned out to be then Jets wide receiver McCole Hardman, who he talked about the upcoming season and what they envisioned for Super Bowl 58. Super Bowl Sunday. I want you to picture this. Take a step forward. And I want you to imagine you've got a crystal ball in your hand. You see the future. Tell us, who do you see the Jets playing in this year's Super Bowl? Say it. 49ers. 49ers. And I'm putting you on the spot here. We're going to win. We know we're going to win. What's the final score going to be? 31 and 21. Yeah. Because when all the pieces come together in a season, it can be absolute perfection, folks. Because that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Jets and the 49ers. 31 to 21. That's crazy. Hey, that's crazy. I mean, Miko was part of it, Adam, and <laughs> just on a different team. Yeah, well, that was, again, the first team that O's started with in his tour of camps this summer, and that was one of the very first players he called upon, and that was the first player he asked for a Super Bowl prediction from, and it just turned out to be the player <laughs> that was dealt from the Jets to the Chiefs who wound up scoring the game-winning touchdown the Chiefs win, and of course, as we predicted, O's wins. That's crazy. By the way, Hard Knocks is available to stream on Max. Thanks to Adam for all the latest. Coming up here, Dan going to the touchscreen to dissect two pivotal plays that showed the championship pedigree of the Chiefs dynasty. You don't want to miss this. It's all coming your way right after this on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. UFC 298 is Saturday night, highlighted by the featherweight title main event. The main card begins at 10 Eastern on pay-per-view with the prelims at 8 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. To order the main card in English and Spanish, go to ESPNplus.com slash PPV. We got breaking news here on NFL Live. Adam, what's going on in Dallas? Well, Laura, the Cowboys finally have reached agreement with Mike Zimmer to become their defensive coordinator. Now, the interesting part about this was we were talking about this 
on Sunday Countdown. I said the Vikings were set to hire Mike Zimmer, but they loved Rex Ryan in their interview with him last week. And when we threw it back to the main set, Rex said, hold on, that deal with Mike Zimmer is not done. And the reason he knew it wasn't done was right before that segment started, the Cowboys reached out to him to see if he was interested in becoming the defensive coordinator. We're talking numbers, but Rex obviously wasn't interested in what they were talking about, the numbers at which they were talking about, at which point the Dallas Cowboys turned back their attention to Mike Zimmer to reach agreement. Now, maybe the Cowboys were leveraging Rex some against Mike Zimmer or Mike Zimmer against Rex. We don't exactly know. We just know that they did have interest in Rex as recently as in segment on Sunday Countdown before they turn around and get the deal done with Mike Zimmer this afternoon to become their defensive coordinator. So Mike McCarthy now will spend this upcoming season working with Mike Zimmer, not the man that they were talking about the job to during ESPN's Sunday NFL Countdown on Super Sunday. Oh, that's wild. All right. So um, new on NFL Live from Ed Werder, by the way, Mike Zimmer to Ed on returning to Dallas as D.C. Quote, I'm excited and honored to be back with a great organization. I'm thrilled to work with Mike McCarthy, for whom I have had a ton of respect for in our NFC North days and to do anything I can to help the Joneses and the Cowboys. Marcus, what do you think about this? Cool. <laughs> Like, cool, we'll see what happens. Like, I, I want to, like, I know it's, you know, it's news, and I, Mike Zimmer was the defensive coordinator when I came to Dallas, a really good coach, a really good defensive mind. He's a 4-3 four, four, is his background. He really left Dallas because we went to a 3-4, and that really wasn't his cup of tea. He had some successful defenses in Minnesota as well. But, y'all, like, I'm not, this is, I guess, something that became something after all the defensive coordinators went off the board or went off the market and some guys when they got head coaching jobs i'm trying to find the positive because i love mike zimmer the man this doesn't do anything for me though when it comes to the cowboys winning the super bowl Hmm. i'll be optimistic here Um, mike zimmer i I think is a brilliant defensive coach uh he his tenure yep. in Minnesota didn't end because of the defense. It was, I, I, as I recall, you know, the offense being somewhat stagnant. Maybe there was some interference there. But uh, from a defensive perspective, he, he's definitely been one of the more innovative coaches of his generation. You know, all the stuff we talked about this year with the simulated pressures, teams like Baltimore who run them well. Uh, Mike Zimmer was doing a lot of this stuff uh, for years. You know, of course, most famously the double-A gap blitz. But... I wouldn't be surprised if he's taken this time away, seen some of the things that have been happening in the NFL and college, and will bring some creativity to this Dallas defense, particularly up front. Um, so, you know, in terms of the proven track record, the innovation, I think he has a lot going for him, and I'm excited to see what he brings. I think it's a really good hire. You know, I think Juan Mina intimated the the – Fire zones and the simulated pressures, which are the rage in the NFL. We've talked about them a ton on this show. He's one of the designers of it, the double-A gaps. I think, two, what's the next step? They're going to have to get two really good inside linebackers, really good inside linebackers, because that's the backbone of that defense in many ways. And then it'll be interesting. Trayvon Diggs is one of the best man-cover corners in all of football. They don't play a ton of man coverage under Mike Zimmer's, like, foundational scheme. So how does he transition to be a little bit more off the ball zone corner Hmm. under that new defensive coordinator. Uh, In his first six seasons as the Vikings head coach from 2014 to 2019, Zimmer's defense ranked top two in points per game, yards per game, and first in defensive efficiency. Marcus poured a little bit of cold water on this, but then the rest of us kind of jazzed it up a little bit. So that was a good discussion. Good football coach, man. Good job, guys. (laughs) Marcus. Good job. 
Hey, what's next on the show, though? <laughs> BMB, this is something I can get excited hey. about because the Kansas City Chiefs put on the show. The big fellas played well. They had already alluded to Chris Jones, but Leo Chanel with the block. Y'all, this was a critical play in this game, obviously, as it came down to the end. But the BMBs were dictating how the game was played. And even though I'm showing Chanel in, in this block, I got to give San Francisco 49ers some love up front yeah. with the BMBs, too. They played well in this game. But the day belongs to the Chiefs, so BMB coming up ASAP. Don't miss it. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bring in the new year, BMB. We are blessed with the hand of God. BMB! BMB! We do this for the money. Won't stop till I get me a bag. I'ma name him Hemothy Johnson III. <laughs> Look at the big fella run. Somebody better block him. Excuse me, please. On the brakes. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Drinks on me, club on me. We be tired, but we be balling. Man, I'm B, I'm B, I'm bad. Yo, y'all know what time it is. The Super Bowl edition of BMB. And it was some phenomenal performances, but I picked three and they my three. Let's start off with my man Felix and UDK Uzama. My man had to step in in a, in a very important role, and this was a huge play in the game. A TFL. This is the way to get it started. You see the inside move. You see the quickness, the ability to get back upfield, get to the outside shoulder of Christian McCaffrey. All great backs. You got to make them do this and that stop their feet. And he did. That's why BMBs are vitally important to winning championships because they showed up all over the field. Secondly, my man Mike Pinnell Junior. That's the way we say it in Louisiana. The big fella was dominant. This is what you call heavy hands. This is what you call hat. This is what you call putting a man on the ground. And might I add, that is Trent Williams. That does not happen, people. This is like hitting the lottery when the Powerball is a billion. Pinnell played the run physical, laid Trent Williams down, and commenced to baptize the running back. And last but not least, Dan showed it already. My man Chris Jones, they let him go scot-free because sometimes we look like ghosts because we've been doing so many things. You feel like we all everywhere at one time. My man Brock Purdy would have definitely hit a touchdown the way he was throwing the football if it had not been for 95 and I tweeted out remember this play for when Pat get the ball back and they go score a touchdown remember BMB was the reason it was the they were able to do that and set it up that's the BMB for the week congratulations Kansas City y'all big men ball they did I thought they whooped San Francisco at the line of scrimmage Chris Jones yeah, unbelievable and that dude crazy. He won the game in a lot Every of ways. Twitter market? Every year. <laughs>
Does Marcus even tweet? Yeah. Kansas City's blitz was a major story in this game. On first and second down, Brock Purdy was able to handle it, going 10 for 13 with a 92 QBR. But got to have it moments. He struggled on third down. He completed just two of six passes with a 29 QBR against the blitz which the Chiefs brought on 64% of third downs. Big game spags. We knew he was going to do something. Mina, when you look at that Chiefs defense, why did they have so much success? I think a lot of it started on first down in hmm. particular. I think they went into this game very hell-bent on limiting the Niners on that down, in which they, of course, dominated the NFL. And... Laura, if you, if you rake out the numbers by each individual down, they blitzed on nearly 50% of first downs, which is wild. It's above their season average. It's, of course, way above the average of teams playing the San Francisco 49ers. And it had the effect of, of course, generating some unblocked pressures, of rattling Brock Purdy when they didn't send pressure, of filling in gaps versus the run. It was incredibly effective. And what struck me is this Niners offense was so good at dictating to defenses on first down but in this game, it really felt like the reverse happened. They were being dictated to by all of the different pressure looks that Steve Spagnuolo was sending on that down. They were very effective on third, but it was first down that really surprised me, and I think it surprised Brock Purdy, or pardon me, the San Francisco 49ers offense as well. Yeah, we had talked about it all week, right? The, the, the number one thing San Francisco could not do was get into second end or third down in obvious passing yeah. situations. And really, after that trick play, that's kind of what started. They started losing first down offensively, and that led to third down. So here's those first downs. Motions. San Francisco defensively didn't handle it. Kansas City did. Chanel shoots the backside as the motion and the guard goes. But look at everybody connected on the backside with the responsibilities. There's a first down throwaway, second and 10. Now Kansas City's going to win. A little bit later, here's that first down that Marcus showed with Pinnell. I look at the line of scrimmage. That ball was snapped on the 25. You got wow. four defenders for Kansas City no, behind bad. the mm. line of scrimmage. So all those lead to second wow. and then third and longs. Third and 15, I love this. So double spies on Brock Purdy, three-man rush, and then look, I love the fact that they went and brought the party to Christian McCaffrey. Don't wait for him and give him space to run his routes. And then Gay waits as he breaks the pocket and chases him down because it's third and long. And you have the man coverage. Again, third and 11. I love this one. Three-man rush. Now they take Gay and they put him outside the tackle. McCaffrey's responsible to block him, right? He bursts, then waits to slow play it. McCaffrey's stuck inside. Then Bolton bursts through the middle of the pocket. And Gay stops, waiting for Purdy. Again, lockdown man coverage on those third down situations. That's the story of the game. You know, really the story of the second half, defensively they started to reset the line of scrimmage. Mm. They brought those run blitzes. That's why everyone's saying, run the ball. I'm like, he's, they're, they're committed to stopping the run. And then those third yeah. down, it was a Rolodex. They went from three-man man, three-man double spy, three-man, two-man. It was a Rolodex of coverages. Woof. Dio, I, I, I love what you showed. Spags, Spags obviously have been phenomenal. We talked about him. But I looked at the way Leo Chanel played last night. Big time. And it was a point to make sure he was able to run free. Even when you look at Bolton, and you look at Willie Gay, all of these dudes are super athletic. But Chanel kept popping out to me on film, and I wanted to give him some recognition. Dude was making plays, obviously, the force fumble. This one you just showed, uh, Dio. But th the play that he made in this situation right here, yeah. because wow. this is open field now, and I know it was pressure on Brock Purdy, but his ability to come up, he had a phenomenal night, a block field goal at that but beyond that, man, when you start talking about Spags 
and you start thinking about like these defenses that he's been able to put together and obviously he's had his key card in Chris Jones and McDuffie played a phenomenal game there has always been a concerted effort to make sure that each individual player can play to his strength we saw McDuffie in a lot of man-to-man He's phenomenal at man-to-man. Legereus Sneed, obviously, when we start talking about the matchups, Chris Jones moving around the line of scrimmage and then finally finding, finding that interior pressure that they were trying to generate. But Leo Chanel was put in a position to be successful, and all he had to do was run and hit, and it showed up on the in the game all night long. Just think about and look at the difference on first downs in the third quarter between these football teams. As, as poorly as Kansas City played offensively, they got it going, and that's really what allowed them to be a little bit more rhythmic and efficient. And then San Francisco, I think they ran five plays on first down in the third quarter, got one yard. Everyone's yeah. looking at how poor they were on third down. Well, the third down is the byproduct of them being so poor on first, first down. down. Yeah, that, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Mina. Yeah, it, it really is striking when you watch the tape. Because in the game, you're seeing all these unblocked pressures, the blitzes, they're all working. Marcus, you mentioned McDuffie. Really, the story of the season, this Kansas City Chiefs secondary in man coverage. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a point in this game where I thought Trent McDuffie yeah, should man. win MVP, guys, with, with not just the slap bits, but some of the coverage he was playing. We talk about Debo Samuel being taken out of the game. You know why he's taken out of the game? Because of the outstanding coverage in part by these DBs. But yeah. uh, Trent McDuffie being uh, the leader of that group. And, and as we spin this thing forward, here's what struck me. At the very end of the game, the first thing Patrick Mahomes said, we got a young team. Yeah. This was the youngest defense in the NFL. Yep. It's a the entire point. secondary is staying together. They're going to be back. They're going to be terrifying. It's a nightmare That's for the rest the of the league. Yeah, prayers up to that division and the rest of the league. Uh, really fast, Ryan Clark said, and he's a, a DB expert, he said that Trent McDuffie is now in his top five corners, which is, it, you don't top take that lightly yeah. from RC. Yes. All right, um, Dan, you had a really big moment yesterday. Again, an opportunity to call oh. Super Bowl for international, um, ESPN's international coverage. Does this, and you got to do it with Chris Fowler and Lewis Riddick. I know you appreciate this job. You appreciate this game so much. What was it like to be in the booth at that game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty like startling to know that you're calling the Super Bowl. Then you're calling <laughs> it with Chris Fowler, who's a legend at his job, and you're calling yeah. it with Lewis Riddick, who's one of the best in our business. And then I, I tell this everybody. I'll be on my deathbed one day and be like, I called Patrick Mahomes the Super Bowl. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty so cool. sick. So I'm very <laughs> thankful. You did a great job, Dan, and congratulations. Amazing season, I have no too. Idea how I do uh, it, by the way, NFL Live continues on every day in the offseason. So, you people at home, just stick with us, right? We'll be here. Time for one more thing before we go. The Chiefs parade is going to be Wednesday. We'll have coverage of that. But let's take a look back at the scene last year. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. This is what y'all know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. Everybody's asking this is a dynasty. It's been a dynasty. Y'all just ain't noticed it until now. So I'll make sure to hit y'all back next year, and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, baby. I have a feeling it's going to be maybe even better on Wednesday. And, yeah, they did go back-to-back. -back. They, they ran it back. They're talking already about a three-peat. So, um, listen, one of these days we're going to go to one of these parades, Yeah, I was just going to say, you think we can get Somebody a play Somebody want to invite Kansas us. Mahomes is on the 6 p.m. Sports Center live from Disneyland. Do not miss that. That's coming your way in just about an hour. Get to talk to the Super Bowl MVP. And we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live.